clouds, and the stone roof had moved down. I just sat, shivering. A lot of the time I had my eyes squeezed shut, but some of the time I forced myself to open my eyes. I was afraid that the visions would come and I wouldn't see them because my eyes were shut. And you know how your eyes play tricks in the dark? After a long, long time, probably at least one eternity, I thought that there was a light coming into the place from somewhere. And I thought, bless my soul, it's morning. Aunt Beck must have overslept and forgotten to come and let me out at dawn. This was because I seemed to have sat there for such hours that I was positive it must be nearly lunchtime by then. So I scrambled myself around in the faint light, scraping one elbow and bumping both knees until I was facing the ramp. The faint light did honestly seem to be coming in round the edges of the stone slab Aunt Beck had heaved across at the top. That was enough to put me into a true panic. I raced up that leafy slope on my hands and knees, and I tried to draw the slab aside. When it wouldn't budge, I screamed at it to open and let me out at once, and I heaved at it like a mad thing. Rather to my surprise... It slid across quite easily then, and I shot out of the place like a rabbit. There, I reared up on my knees, more astonished than ever. It was bright moonlight. The full moon was riding high and small and almost golden, casting frosty whiteness on every clump of heather and every rock and making a silver cube out of our small house just down the hill. I could see the mountains for miles in one direction, and in the other, the silver dark line of the sea. It was so moon-quiet that I could actually hear the sea. It was making that small, secret sound you hear inside a seashell. And it was as cold out there as if the whiteness on the heather were really the frost it looked like. I gave a great shudder of cold and shame as I looked up at the moon again. From the height of it, I could see it was the middle of the night still. I'd only been inside the place for three hours at the most, and I couldn't possibly have seen the moon from inside. It was in the wrong part of the sky. At this, it came to me that the pale light I'd seen in there had really been the start of a vision. I had made an awful mistake and interrupted it. The idea so frightened me that I plunged back down inside and seized the stone slab and heaved mightily and pulled it across the opening anyhow before I slid right back down to the stone floor and crouched there desperately. Oh, please, come back, I said to the vision. I'll be good. I won't move an inch now. But nothing else happened. It seemed quite dark in the place and much warmer now out of the wind, but though I crouched there for hours with my eyes wide open, I never saw another thing. In the dawn, when I heard Aunt Beck drawing back the slab, I gave a great start of terror because I was sure she would notice that the stone had been moved. But it was still half dark, and I suppose it was the last thing she expected. Anyway, 
She did not seem to see anything unusual. Besides, she says I was fast asleep. She had to slide down beside me and shake my shoulder. But I heard her do that. I feel so deceitful. And such a failure. Well, Aileen, she said, as she helped me up the ramp. I was very stiff by then. What happened to you? Nothing, I wailed and burst into tears. Aunt Beck always gets quite brisk when people cry. She hates having to show sympathy. She put a coat round me and marched me away downhill, saying, Stop that noise now, alien. There's nothing to be ashamed of in that. Maybe it's too soon for you. It happens. My grandmother, your great-grandmother, Venna, that is, had to go down into the place three times before she saw anything, and then it was only a wee scrap of a hedgehog. But maybe I'm no good, I blushed.